He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. I am joined today by an in incredibly special guest, somebody that this has been in the works here for a couple, well, about a week ago, week or so, and um, I am absolutely thrilled to have Spencer Garrett, who plays Chick Hearn on uh, Winning Time, um, you know, the HBO show, three episodes, and we've seen Chick a couple times here. Spencer, th thank you very much for hopping on with us, and, uh, and how are you enjoying this? Oh, thanks for having me, brother. I'm I'm enjoying the heck out of it, and it was nice to nice to finally see people have been asking me for the last couple of weeks. When are we going to finally see Chick? When is he going to show up? And then uh, he showed up on Sunday night in episode three in all of his uh, Grecian formula haired glory. <laughs> uh, when when Adrian Brody's Pat Riley comes in to sort of beg him for a job, and and I'm sitting there like slathering. Grecian formula dyeing my hair. Did which, you just now get that out? Like the, the <laughs> just got it out. I just got it out. Thanks for noticing my gray hair. That's uh, interesting because I wear a wig on the show, uh, mm -hmm. a beautiful, very expensive wig that they had made for me. I I sometimes refer to the show as explosion at the wig factory. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of wigs on the show. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of wiggage. Um, so they didn't want to ruin my chick hern wig when we shot that scene with adrian so they concocted some sort of weird brown dye stuff for me to put into my actual hair um when i was <laughs> doing that scene uh the prop department made it i don't know what it was but it turned my actual hair black for weeks it might have been it might have been like Eesh. just for men only or something but it didn't come out for weeks and my hair literally turned black <laughs> um, which was very interesting. Not a good look on me. Um, it looks like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a guy that can spot a bad hair job from a yeah. hundred paces. <laughs> so me walking around with black hair was a, a very strange look. So I wore a lot of hats. Well, you mentioned before that you, uh, before we got, went live that you went to Duke and you're a big Duke blue devil fan. So it might've just been solidarity with, with coach K. It might've exactly. just been <laughs> exactly <laughs> the black hair. Uh, that, that might be, I mean, who knows it, that might be his actual hair. I know people into their late sixties and seventies that have, you know, beautiful heads of naturally dark hair that never goes gray. Uh, Coach K might hit the bottle. Who knows? We ne we'll, we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> He's, he, he certainly isn't uh, giving up that secret anytime soon. No, All right. So the hair dye bottle, not the, the booze bottle. Just <laughs> the uh, so the, uh, the, the, the role that you're playing here, I want to start with the process that goes into it. You were born yeah. in LA. You, when, when you and I were exchanging emails, you said that Chick Hearn is an idol of yours. How did, you know, did you did you just listen to all kinds of Chick Hearn tape? Did you want to more, you know, you didn't want to do as much impersonation as much as you wanted to turn the role into your own thing. So just in terms of the process here and your own decision makings on this, uh, how did this come to be? I I mean, well, I auditioned for it like every, every other actor. And I uh, I read for the role a little over two years ago, uh, went in. And uh, I, I went to a vintage store and found myself a, 
uh, a, a very, very unnaturally fibered polyester plaid suit. Nice. That wide tie. I went full 1970s. Mm-hmm. I went in and I read and there was about 15 pages of nonstop dialogue of Chick just talking straight, like calling a game. Yeah, it's and like one quarter. One quarter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, truly. I mean, because he just he had just a remarkable ability to he could just talk and talk and talk and just so beautifully forget about call, you know, all of the phrases that he coined. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just had a m- remarkable mastery of language and a great dexterity with his language um, and his vocal quality. So all of that was something that I I always admired that as a kid growing up, watching him, watching him uh, at Laker games and calling Laker, Laker games as a kid. So I, I definitely wanted to emulate that when I went in to read for the role. And I found out I got it a couple of weeks later. And then I had about a month or two to prepare before we started filming. And I just went on YouTube. I just went on a, a rabbit hole of YouTube videos of mm-hmm. Chick just watching game after game after game. And I tried to get to the point where I could just mute the sound and just do Chick Hearn's voice calling a game oh, okay. as best I could. You know, watching those, those late 70s, early 80s games and the championship games against the Celtics. So it was a great, it was great homework and it was great preparation. And to your question about doing an imitation versus bringing my own thing to it, um, I, there, there have been roles, there have been real life roles where I've been cast as, uh, well, Sean Hannity, for example, behind mm-hmm. me there. Um, on Bombshells, right? On Bombshell. I mean, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's somewhat of a cartoon character anyway, just the way he looks and all of that. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have to do much. I mean, it was the sort of the hair and uh, the prosthetic work that they put on me. And that just that just sort of informed what I brought to the character. With Chick, though, he has such an iconic voice and his mannerisms uh, that I really wanted to try to duplicate that as best as possible. I put my own spin. My own personality is behind it. But I, I had to I had to really do a, 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 an approximation or, or, an, an, you know, a, as much of an impression that as, as I, as I could, because I wanted people to remember what he was like. Yeah. He's, it, it's so funny. I was born in 86. So didn't catch much of like the, the era that this show right now, the season is covering. Yeah. Um, that was a little before my time, but I, I distinctly remember my, my grandparents lived in Palos Verde. So I would, uh, we would go out every Sunday and we would have dinner with them and they ate at like four 30 in the afternoon. So like we were, we would like hop in the car to come back home and we would listen to Chick Hearn on the radio and the way that yeah. he would with, with the words I view. And, uh, you know, there's so many people when I was getting ready to, to, to getting ready for this interview, I was telling people, yeah, I, I can't wait. I have, I have Chick Hearn coming on the show and, and he, and everybody's just like, what? how how and 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 they're just in shock it it so you know again for somebody who grew up in LA how did everybody around you handle you getting this role this had to be pretty cool for friends and extended family too i would imagine it was very cool i mean just i grew up as a laker fan i mean i grew up in the era of of gail goodrich and mm-hmm. jerry west and you know a little bit before your time uh and they had some good runs and they had a they had a championship run in in 72 and I remember seeing Pat Riley play in his uh, in his youth. So yeah, I mean, I've been a diehard Laker my fan my whole life, and so getting the role was it, it's always a thrill when you get a job as an actor. Mm-hmm. But something that that, it, that is this iconic 
this was just a, a plum roll. So yeah, friends, friends were thrilled. Family was thrilled. Family's always thrilled when when you're you know, somebody in your family who's an actor gets a job. Yeah. Anyway, because you never know when you're going to work again. Mm -hmm. um, but this was this was very very special, and this was also. This is an audition that sometimes as an actor, you never know how it's going to go. When you when you walk out of the room, you get in your car, you drive home and you think, oh, that went pretty well. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. And I walked out of this audition feeling pretty confident. Nice. Um, that I just kind of thought this one, this one is mine. This one is mine. It hasn't happened to me a lot in my career. The other one was the Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I walked out of the room and I just thought there was just there was just something that felt in the pocket. It just felt right. And the time was right, and for this certainly, um, it just felt it just felt like it was it was going to be mine. And uh, you know, you always set yourself up for disappointment too. I mean, we we actors are uh, it's a business of rejection. But yep. uh, when I got when I got the call, I was elated and also kind of like, yeah, good for them, good good for them for making the right choice. This makes sense. Did working on a Tarantino film kind of prepare you for, because like right now, a lot of the conversation about, about the show, one is incredibly entertaining, really, really good show. Yeah. And then they've made some choices, right? With, with, you know, yeah, portraying time. Jerry West in a certain way and, yeah. and, um, you know, and, and, and some of their other, some of the other characters there, Tarantino is obviously known for incredibly colorful characters was that experience drawing from that and then also having played Sean Hannity, who is kind of a cartoon onto himself, did, did that kind of uh, experience lend itself to some of the decisions that have been made with Chick Hearn over the course of the show? I don't know. I mean, I, I know that there are so many characters in the show, first of all. I mean, you've got <laughs> Pat Riley and Adrian Brody and Jerry Buss and uh, sorry, Adrian Brody's you know, Pat Riley, Adrian Brody, and uh, Jerry Buss, and mm -hmm. uh, it's a massive, it's a massive cast. And so, how these guys choose to portray their characters really has a lot to do with the writing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've heard some, I've heard some whispers of backlash from uh, from Jerry Buss world, and you know, Magic's not happy about this, and Kareem's not happy about that. Well, Magic I mean, isn't going to be happy about anything that he doesn't pr produce personally, but probably not. But <laughs> you know, the 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 opening page of every script that we open when we were shooting this show is uh, before we get well, before we got into the dialogue. The first thing you see, every cast member sees some of this didn't actually happen. Mm. I mean, we're we're not making a documentary. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a it's a it's a fictionalized narrative account of. A specific period in time, but mm -hmm. we're not we're not playing we're not playing these guys a uh, hundred percent as they were. Um, you know, the, it's it's and it's also it's based on Jeff's book, which was a very warts and all. Yeah, uh, that's how know, he writes. It's very warts and all, and you know, you see the you see the dark underbelly of a lot of this stuff. So nobody's going to be happy with it. I mean, um, I think some of the some of the things that they had Chick Hearn doing a lot of the drinking, a lot of that stuff. I was able to, uh, I was able to reach out to his uh, granddaughter before mm -hmm. we shot the pilot. Uh, I found out not long before we shot the pilot that my agent was Chick's agent for 40 years. Oh, wow. So uh, Harry Abrams, who's sort of a legendary guy, and he put me in touch with Chick's granddaughter. Uh, I reached out to her and I s spent a couple of hours with her having lunch and 
she just told me stories about her grandfather and showed me pictures and all of that. So I got to kind of familiarize myself with her and 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 uh, and her and her take on what her grandfather was like, and and what he was like as a family man and a husband and a father and all mm-hmm. of those things. That hopefully we're going to see if there's a season two. Hopefully we'll see further down the line. But I I wanted to do justice to him. I wanted I wanted to kind of honor his legacy. Um, so. I, I have conversations with the writers, you know, maybe he would do this, maybe he wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you just, you have to, you have to do what the writers write on the page and then bring your own particular take on it as well. And, and hopefully find a nice balance. Well, you know, so, so you grew up um, again, kind of idolizing this guy and, and, and he means so much to Lakers fans everywhere. Yeah. Some of the language that he's used so far, you know, with, with Pat Riley's voice uh, I think Spencer Haywood did the whole, I think it was, what was it back to Africa was the comment um, about it. And, and so, you know, like you said, there's a process with talking yeah. to writers, what they would, what they want on, on the sheet yeah. and then your own personal choices here. Was there any, like, did you ever feel uncomfortable with, with, you know, especially you know, he, he uses uh, an incredibly derogatory word towards the LGBTQ community with when in in regards to pat riley's voice so uh how did how did you balance those things the way that you look about this guy and and what they're asking you to say he was from another he was a throwback he was from another time i'm not Mm -hmm. that's not excusing that dialogue but Mm -hmm. uh he had he had been uh he had been known to utter some racially insensitive Mm -hmm. things from time to time um that that F word that I do, you know, that I use in the show, uh, is, is very off color and it's very insensitive. And, um, but that's how people spoke back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got people in my family that talk back like that back then, uh, that, uh, that didn't know that it was insensitive. So I don't think chick thought of it as, as, as derogatory back then. That's just, how, that's just how people spoke. Not, mm-hmm. ex- not, not, ex- not excusing it at all, but, um, it's uh, they're they're writing they're very much writing the way people talked and and behaved back then the behaviors have changed a lot i hope yeah i mean I, we we do have examples of it right he said about uh bow outlaw hanging on a rim he was up there long enough to eat a, exactly. a banana exactly um when chick hearn was talking about magic johnson he said that magic at least didn't catch hiv the, the wrong way right so yeah. You know that 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 was kind of how people spoke yeah. about it, but it that does and and look, progress is kind of represented by the number of people who are sitting here watching the show now, saying, "Hold on, what?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that the fact that people are kind of taken aback at that language indicates some of the progress that we've made. Obviously, not enough has been made, but but we're still that and and so yeah, from uh, conversations I spoke to my dad right before we went on. And, and he was like, uh, hey, can you ask about the <laughs> that word um, and, and how that came to be? So, um, yeah, I appreciate you being kind of forthright in, in how that was handled, because it, 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 it can't be easy saying that to somebody even. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not, Anthony. But you know what? I mean, but I when I read that in the script before we yeah. shot it, I didn't really I didn't have any reservations about mm. saying it because I knew. Uh, I knew that that's how people spoke back then. The best art uh, it, it genuinely holds up a mirror to society. Mm-hmm. We're looking back in time through a prism 
at a time where, uh, you know, African-Americans were African-American basketball players were uh, they were they were tried to the, the NBA tried to keep them from dunking too much because yeah. it was too aggressive looking. Yeah. And college basketball were, outright outlawed it and aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So stuff like that. I mean, it was a much more racially divisive time. Uh, oddly enough, I mean, I don't know if we can, you know, look, looking at how the world is right now, we're kind of coming back around to that again, unfortunately. It feels like it. Yep. It feels like it. Um, but back then, uh, you know, having having magic versus bird was very much black versus white, good versus yep. evil. That's how that's how it was looked through this prism of uh, of of racial insensitivity back then. And I think that's what McKay does best. Um, he basically holds up a mirror and says, this is this is this is who we were. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does it. He does it in a in a very kind of subtle way and in a, and in a, hopefully in a funny way, in a humorous way. This is a comedy. I mean, it's a comedy yeah. and a drama. There's got a lot of di- a lot of different elements to it. But hopefully it'll for the people that were around in 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 that time period, it'll it'll kind of trigger some interesting memories and go, oh, yeah, I can't believe we talked like that. back then. <laughs> I can't believe we said words like, you know, the, you know, the F word. I don't want to, yeah. I, don't need, I don't need to say it. I don't need to repeat it again, right. but I didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't have any compunctions about saying that. I didn't have to go run to the writers and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. He wouldn't say something like that because mm. of course he would. That's the, that's the time period he came from. Yeah. I, you know, my, my grandparents were about his age and, you know, they said stuff all the time back then that you know, it was just yeah. like, grandma, <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, yep. And eventually, yep. like she uh, eventually, you know, my my uh, younger brother, my middle brother is is gay. And eventually, you know, it was never like some big, you know, crazy coming out thing. I, I remember when my brother told her, hey, yeah, this is the way that I live my life. She said, yeah, we know. Yeah, we've known for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, you know, development and progress can be made even within these characters who have said that and that that kind of stuff. Do we see any kind of progress and development from that perspective with Chick? Or do you think it's it, there's there's not necessarily room for it, given everything? I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you have to watch, you know, there are 10 episodes. The fourth one is coming up next Sunday. And mm-hmm. uh, it it. I'll just tell you this: it unfolds very beautifully. I mean, you see mm. the, the the characters are so richly developed. Um, it, that that's all all credit to these amazing writers on the show. Uh, you really see Magic's transformation from this the, this kid from Lansing mm-hmm. coming out to Hollywood and becoming a superstar, and how he deals with that, how he navigates it. Uh, you go into Pat Riley's backstory and his relationship to his father and how he needs to sort of overcome that Jerry West, Jerry West's tortured background. Um, there's a lot of psychological uh, elements that are, that are dealt with uh, again in a, hopefully in a humorous way, but you, you, these, these characters are really kind of fleshed out slowly over time. So hopefully, uh, I mean, Jeff's book takes place over five years. So hopefully we'll have, hopefully we'll have, you know, four or five good seasons to explore all of these characters and, and go deeper with them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what you'll see Chick doing is once we get into the, the basketball stuff, obviously there's going to be basketball later on the, you know, down the line. Uh, the Lakers play the, the Sixers for the championship in 79 in magic's rookie year. 
So there's a lot of really thrilling basketball that you will see eventually. Uh, and you'll see Chick, Chick Hearn calling the games with Pat Riley by his side. A lot of people don't know that Pat Riley was Chick's yep. uh, assistant, his color man, his gopher uh, at times before he graduated to becoming assistant coach and then head coach. So you'll see that relationship between Chick and Pat, which is which is kind of funny. It's a very kind of frickin' frack, um, yeah. oil and water, very, very funny relationship between those two guys. So that was a that was a, a blast to play that stuff with Brody. And then just a lot, you'll see a lot of Chick Hearn calling games. And then and then hopefully eventually kind of get uh you do see some of there's a in episode five, you see a little bit of Chick's insecurities about uh about seeing where where Pat Riley's character, you know, that he's eventually gonna he's gonna graduate. Uh, mm -hmm. graduate from Chick Hearn school. And, um, there's a, there's a sort of a wistfulness about Chick that, because he was a, he was a player. There was a part of him that wishes that he could have played. He was a mm -hmm. former player in, in, you know, high school and college. So, uh, it covers a lot of ground and it just does it in such a rich way. Is there a favorite part of the role that, that you enjoyed the most over the course of your time filming? Is it the games? Is it the, oh, the game? Absolutely. The games. I mean, yeah. Uh, there were there were there there were at one point there were about twenty five pages of nonstop chick talking, um, <laughs> and I'm pretty good at memorizing stuff. Yeah, but when you're talking about basketball players going up and down the court, and you're kind of saying variations on the same theme back you know back and forth and back and forth, magic to Kareem, Kareem to Worthy. This, mm -hmm. I mean, it's. So I, I, I was I was gobsmacked when I got this dialogue and sometimes they would hand it to you the morning of they would add <laughs> more dialogue. So um, the way no we pressure. found the workaround to do that, to have me uh, be able to look like I'm I'm consistently watching these guys go back and forth was terrifying and thrilling at the same time. I won't give anything away, but um, when you see kind of episode nine and ten. And you see me just kind of talking nonstop. I'm, I'm, I, I had to, I had to not speak for about three, four days after we wrapped because <laughs> I had to get my voice back. My voice was just shredded. I don't know. I don't know how Chick Hearn called 3,338 consecutive games in a row. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for two hours nonstop straight for 41 years, but uh, my voice was shredded after all of that. Old and Golden Throat. Uh, yeah, Golden Throat. Old Golden yeah. Throat. And um, I mean, him and Vin Scully, like two just iconic voices. So I was trying to, I was trying to get that voice. It was in a different register in my, in my. That's what I was going to ask. It's a, you know, his, his voice is slightly different than yours. His voice is different than mine. His, uh, his, his, his timbre in his voice is different than mine. So I had to kind of access that and stay there all day long for 14 hours at a time. So it, it did something different to my voice. And it's interesting because when we would rap and I'd be driving home and I'd still be, my voice would still be kind of in Chick Hearn mode. And I had, <laughs> to, I had to kind of unlock that and decompress from it. Um, that's all very sort of actory techno babble, but um, it was interesting to sort of find, to find that voice. I mean, it's, it's different, but it's not that different. I mean, Chick Hearn was sort of up here. He kind of, he yeah. kind of sounded like this. Very nasal. A little bit higher, a little bit nasally. Um, and so I had to kind of stay up in there in my throat. Uh, but it was fun. It was a hell of a lot of fun.
is there did, did was there any moment that you kind of felt yourself pinching yourself like call you know because again this is this is I, I i'm just kind of awestruck at you know if this was an opportunity for just about any laker fan out there this is something that you know this is the voice of that generation the voice yeah. of this franchise and the voice of probably one of the most fun segments in in basketball history not just lakers but basketball history yeah um so was there any was there any moment that you had to catch yourself and kind of get to like just kind of take it in for a second you know what anthony every day yeah every day and i'm not i'm not exaggerating i'm 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 one of these silly actors that i've been doing it a long time i've been doing it for 30 something years and every time i show up on a set no matter what it is if it's an episode of swat or if it's Air Force One or the Tarantino film or Public Enemies or whatever it is, every time I, I'm on a set, I am just so thrilled and grateful that I get to do what I love. Mm -hmm. And it's my grandparents were actors, my mom's an actor, so I'm it's my family business to carry on that legacy is really special to me. So I love everything about it. So pinching myself, sitting in the makeup trailer and getting my face put on. Um, I mean, obviously I don't look anything and he's got this sort of beak of a nose. Yep. If you see, you saw a lot of close-ups of, of chick on Sunday night with this kind of long nose and a square chin and the hair and the ears. I mean, all of that was three hours of prosthetic work on my face every morning. And so, and once all that was on my face, I'm, I'm, I just sort of become the guy mm -hmm. and, you know, and you're there at four thirty-five o'clock in the morning and you look over and you see Sally Field walk in and sit next to you. <laughs> Or a wig put on and you go oh my god what is my life this, this is wild uh and adrian is somebody i've admired forever jason clark who plays jerry west he and i met on public enemies in 2007 uh john c Riley, an old pal these are people these are artists that i've admired uh and and some of whom i've been friends with for a long time and it never gets uh, it never gets too familiar to me it never i never get to the point where i'm i'm i take it i take i take it i don't take anything for granted it's uh every every new day at work is is a thrill and it's a pinch myself moment do we get a refrigerator call oh yes yeah okay oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah <laughs> was I'll that just, one that I'll leave it there i'm not going to tell you where it comes in but uh yeah, yeah we, got, we got it we got a lot of there's mustard is off the hot dog and uh there's there's a lot of that i mean there's 200 chickisms there's about 50 that are like super iconic Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we're not we're not going to get through this series without uh, the Jello is jiggling. Yeah, we we uh, my my father and I we we uh, there's a there's a actually it's on YouTube. There's a game that the Lakers were playing against Sacramento. It was about this time, although it might have been the year after this the, the yeah. season that we're covering here. Um, and I think the Lakers were up after one quarter, like forty four to four or something ridiculous like that. And my favorite thing that he would do, because and he was like this with the Lakers too, where he had you know a piercing wit with everybody that he was covering this the, these games or that he was talking about these games yeah. with. So if somebody was on the Lakers and wasn't matching the ener energy level or something like that, he would let you know that he would take him yeah. down. He would take yeah. him down on the air. I mean, and and it's interesting because that's in that's in uh, that's in the Showtime book. It's also in Chick had an autobiography. Mm -hmm. that he was writing it was sort of in process uh when he died and it was never completed and so it's all very anecdotal stories from his wife marge and 
Jerry and Magic and uh, but it was published posthumously. And so it was it was fun to go back and look at that stuff and read his his process as a broadcaster, even though he was a he was a diehard Laker fan. Yep. And he was a, a partisan. He had to be. He was rooting for, you know, the home team. But man, if somebody wasn't playing up to their potential, he would call him out on it. He would do it over the air and he would really he'd go hard on him. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes after the games, they would say, hey, chick, what's the deal, man? Why were you <laughs> why were you ragging on me You know, on the air, on television? Why were you why were you, you know, knocking me down? And he'd say, because I knew you I knew you would hear it eventually. And hopefully that makes you feel you know, that'll make you play better. Yeah. Uh, and it and it did. I mean, he did it as a motivator. Well, he was, was also he was invested beyond, you know, we saw it that we're introduced to him when he's in he's one of these personnel yeah. meetings. Right. Yeah. And, and of, he so, was one of the GMs of the team. He was mm-hmm. instrumental in in recruiting and and uh, and looking for players for the team. So, yeah, he, there's a lot of stuff about him that I didn't know that I that I got to learn going in. I just thought he was the guy with the with the mic and the cans, you know, but he was <laughs> yeah. uh, he was a hell of a lot more than that. I mean, he was a, a very much a part of the team. And very much a part of the family. I went. If you see, there's a great video on YouTube. It's it's Jerry West and Magic eulogizing Chick, mm. uh, and just really like breaking his balls and talking about <laughs> him as a poker player. And uh, I mean, they they it was done with love and reverence, but they really uh, uh, they they really they gave him a hard time in his eulogy, but also uh, just with such fondness and such and such love. I mean, he was. Uh, he was kind of the heart and soul of that of that club for 41 years. He really was. But particularly yeah, he, during that Showtime era, he really was the heart and soul of the Lakers. He he's such a he was such a fascinating because you know actually in the first episode in the pilot that scene where Magic is out to dinner with Jack Kent Cook and um, and they chose to have Dr. Jerry Buss in there, but originally in the book that's actually Chick Hearn. Chick was the one. Yes, Chick was the. The sand Debs scene. Chick was the one that turned to Jack Ken Cook and said, "Give the give the kid a cheeseburger." Kid- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I asked the I asked the writers about the, about that. I'm like, wait a minute, that was Chick. Chick was doing that, and they wanted they wanted to early on establish the relationship between uh, the bonding relationship between Bus and Magic. Uh, so they, you know, they 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 took they took a lot of liberties with uh, the time space continuum. But uh, <laughs> yeah. that was so they they made they made Chick uh, they made Chick Jerry in that scenario. Um, yeah. So I, I I didn't have any I didn't have any agency or control over that. That would have would have been nice to be in that scene, but I got plenty of other opportunities. Yeah, he's he, yeah. I I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and being honest um, regarding you know some of those choices, some of the word choices and stuff. Um, I want to end on a, a a kind of a higher note and. Uh, and then also give you a chance to plug some of the other stuff that you're working on. So with with Chick and his, you know, because it was, uh, I forget who the color commentator was before it became Pat Riley. Uh, um, let's see, Keith Erickson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Erickson, Stu Lance, um, not Shackelford. But he was he was very hard on his color commentators and oh, yeah. uh, Stu oh, yeah. Lance. I've actually had the opportunity to to meet and talk to Stu Lance about oh, right. Chick. They yeah. were back at the they played an exhibition game at the uh, at the forum. Yeah. And uh, before the game, they were a lot more lax about hey, you could go up and talk to so and so and stuff. 
Yeah. And and then even afterward, they opened up the Forum Club, which was which was just a thrill for somebody who just loves all of this. Sure. And I remember asking um, Stu how would how would he you know enjoy being or you know how would he think about all of this and where the Lakers are currently standing and stuff. And and he would say so he said well we're back in this dump so that can't be great. And then, <laughs> and then, and then he said, you know, when I asked him about the Lakers and back then they were kind of sort of on their way up, uh, right before I think Powell got there was, was the, 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 the season that we were, we happened to be there for. And I asked him how he felt about, or how he thought about the things and then how he thought chick would feel about the stuff. And he said, uh, you know. Kobe just asked for a trade. I don't think Chick would have handled that very well on the air. <laughs> so, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Probably so not. It, he didn't he didn't mince words, man. I love yeah. that about him. He said what was on his mind all the time. Well, it was great for fans. It was great yeah. for fans that yeah. that you know, we were kind of represented in a way. What yep. what we were thinking in the back of our minds was actually showing That's up on the exactly air. Exactly right. You took the words out of my mouth. He was he he wanted to be the voice of the fans. He wanted to he wanted to speak on behalf of the fans, how they were feeling, the highs and the lows. Uh, the thing that I love about this, and, and Jeff Perlman put it so beautifully, I said to Jeff last week, I said, you know, it's a bummer that the Lakers are having such a dismal season this year. I don't think that's an understatement. Yeah, uh, might be good for you guys, though. Nobody wants to think about this year. We can go back said. and look back. I said, I said, man, it's such a bummer that the Lakers are are kind of tanking so poorly this year. And he said, he said, on the contrary, this show is going to make them nostalgic for mm -hmm. when we were on top of the world. I mean, we did win a championship two years ago, yeah, I, yeah. which is kind of crazy. We're a spoiled one. bunch. Uh, we're a spoiled <laughs> bunch. Yeah, LA sports fans are spoiled bunch, especially by the Lakers when they're when they're playing so well. I mean, this era, the Magic Kareem era, the Kobe Shaq era, which is another of Perlman's books, which uh, I heard is optioned for a series. So good good luck to Francine Maisler, our casting director, trying to cast Shaquille O'Neal. That's going to be an interesting <laughs> prospect. But uh, yeah, I, he said it's going to make people nostalgic for when when times were good. So uh, he's right. I hope he's right. I hope people are looking at this show and going, wow, what a, what a thrilling era. I mean, Jerry Buss brought basketball into the modern era. He turned it into entertainment. He made it uh, he made it thrilling. He made it exciting to watch. And it was it was truly showtime. I mean, it was truly the showtime era. Uh, it's a shame we can't use that title because it's such a great title. Uh, but I think mm -hmm. the Showtime Network would take issue with it. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was an it was an amazing time, and 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 Chick was right there at the heart of it as the as the kind of the mouthpiece for the for the hearts and minds of the fans. Yeah, that's that's what I'll always kind of remember him for. Was you know if I if I had a thought about what I was watching on TV, he was very good at somehow knowing exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Know? Would yeah. it kill you, Brian Cook, to rotate on defense? And then check. Would it kill you, Brian Cook, to rotate on defense? <laughs> it's just <laughs> totally, totally. That's exactly right. him. You got it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So before we get out of here, um, plug the upcoming book that you have actually, or movie that you have coming out uh, with Adrian Brody, also cast in that one, and um, and your socials and stuff, so that we can get a hold of you. And thanks, and, Anthony. It's and been a really, it's really been a pleasure, man. And uh, I, I appreciate the time. Uh, I've got a, a film coming out called Blonde, um, coming out later this summer. Uh, it's based on the book by Joyce Carol Oates. It's about Marilyn Monroe, and it's uh, Adrian Brody and 
Bobby Cannavale is a great cast and uh, and Ana de Armas, mm -hmm. uh, who's amazing. She plays Marilyn Monroe. So that's coming out later this summer. I am on uh, at the at, at number one Spencer Garrett on uh, on the Twitters. Mm -hmm. And on Instagram, I'm at Spencer Garrett number one on uh, on Instagram. So, and I I tend to go on my DMs on Instagram. You can ask me questions there about acting or the process or Chick Hearn or whatever. I love to interact with fans, uh, you know, in on either platform online. Uh, love to answer questions. I was live tweeting the show the other night on Sunday, and uh, I love interacting with the fans. And I love I love bringing Chick Hearn back to life. Uh, it's such a great memory for fans like you um, that remember him uh, and remember this sort of glory era of the Lakers. And 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 I'm 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 loving this show. Even if I wasn't on it, I would be a super fan of this show. Three episodes in, I'm just like, this is just such a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. We need something like this now in these really messed up times. It's just it's just it's just great. An hour of escape, taking yeah. you back, taking you back into a into a time capsule, into another time. And just having having a lot of fun and making you think a little bit at the same time. Yep, absolutely. So again, Spencer Garrett plays Chick Hearn in this. Check him out uh, with this show as it comes out. Spencer, I hope we can come on and, and talk again at some point over the anytime, course of the show. Anytime. Uh, yeah, I mean, any you know, uh, anytime after an episode. Uh, next episode is a fun one for Chick. The fifth one, I've got some fun stuff with Adrian Brody. And then once we get into the thick of the basketball stuff, it this this show turns into the pace of a basketball game, you're going to find mm -hmm. that it's the pace is going to get quicker and it's going to get, it's going to have a much more, uh, it's going to have a much more built up feel as we get toward the run up toward the championship with the Lakers. It's just got a, It's just got a great feel and a great vibe. The music's amazing. The cast is amazing. Adam McKay, you know, at the wheel, you can't go wrong. Absolutely. And once again, Spencer Garrett, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it, brother.